What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Before we get any further into today's episode, I would like you to go over to iTunes or wherever you get this podcast and leave us a rating and review. It helps the show to grow up on the charts as well as continue to tell the SID story. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Infocast and sign up for our newsletter at sidcast.fireside.fm slash newsletter. Now, let's get into today's conversation. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of SIDcast we've been going pretty strong here lately I know that we're starting to hit the crossover season and I can tell because some of you aren't emailing me back when it comes to uh getting some guests on the show or maybe even some uh you you know you might be not available now but might be available in a few weeks which is completely fine uh doing our best to fill out the schedule here this was another one of those um episodes to where we weren't able to use Zencaster which is uh completely fine still sounds fine to me um, I was just figured I'd give you a little, uh, forewarning about that. Um, yeah, this is actually a perfect timing episode. Uh, Justin will kind of go through what convention has meant to him. And if you didn't know already, uh, convention registration, hotel registration for both NACMA, NACTA, uh, COSINA, whatever acronym you could think of, uh, is open as of yesterday, Wednesday. Um, to be sure to go, go and do that, uh, if you haven't already, uh, done so. It's a good one. And if you're still on the fence thinking about it, maybe you're an intern or maybe you're a student worker or something like that. Um, this is an episode to where you might, uh, kind of get a preview, like to know what to expect. Maybe you're going into the job search field here pretty soon, maybe even now. Um, or maybe when it comes time in June, um, we'll talk about how to get prepared for the job seekers panel, the committee and everything like that. Um, just so that you know what to expect and you can and find your next destination. Um, we'll, we'll talk with Justin about how he kind of went through everything and him bouncing around from place to place to place, which is something that he was interested in doing. He liked moving around like that, staying in the South. Um, asked him if Richmond was still South enough for him. Uh, if, if you guys know uh, of Justin's name, it's, I think he's only recently been at Richmond, about a year maybe, year and a half or so. Um, he was at North Texas for a little while. Uh We'll talk about, right before he left, um, North Texas won the uh, CBI, I think is what it's called. Um, it's a basketball tournament for Division One. If you don't really hear about it, that's fine because you've got a ton of those postseason tournaments in addition to March Madness, if you didn't already know that. Um, you've also got the NIT, and it doesn't stop there. So how do you get people in the fans, get people in the arena? Um when it comes to a tournament that nobody's heard about when it gets to be April and people are like, Hey, let's go, let's go to the game. And, and they're like, what game What's this for? It's a championship game. Well, what championship? I mean, how do you even communicate that to your people? So, uh, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more really enjoyed it. Um, hope everything's going well for you guys. I'm going to kind of keep this short. Uh, it's getting late at night and I have a, a basketball game tomorrow to kind of get ready for against Iowa. So, um, yeah, super excited, and let's just hop right into it with episode 149, so close to episode 150 of SID Cast with Jay Glove of the Richmond Spiders. And if you didn't already know, I know why they are named the Spiders. 
Uh, it was named after a pitcher in the 1890s. It was a person, not a physical animal. Now it is an embodiment of the of the arachnid, but um, it used to be named after a pitcher. And now we have what we have now. So, um, yeah, little side history for you. Uh, episode 149, as I said, of SID Council, Jay Glove of the Richmond Spiders. And uh, his sport background going up right here on SID Cast. Sure. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in South Jersey, about an hour from Philly. So a huge kind of Philly sports fan growing up. And my first kind of memories was always going to Phillies games and, and Eagles games. My dad was a was a huge fan. He ended up becoming a season ticket holder to the Philadelphia 76ers. So that's kind of where my passion for sports began. And uh, growing up, and he was always someone that was really passionate about music and he was a singer for a long time oh cool so yeah so he was like you know when you grow up you want to do something that you're passionate about and and that you love so i just kind of fell in love with sports and and at an early age i kind of wanted to be a broadcaster growing up i did a, a lot of games kind of over video games or watched baseball games and kind of did a lot of announcing so uh in high school I got a chance to do men's and women's basketball games in high school, just kind of doing a lot of broadcasting type stuff. Yeah. Uh, what kind of things did your dad sing? I mean, what was his, uh, what was his genre? Well, at first it was, it was more country. Uh, but then he sort of got into being a wedding singer, but he's kind of done a little bit of everything. Uh, but he, he used to impersonate Kenny Rogers back in the day. Oh, there you go. Is, uh, uh, yeah. You and I did the same thing when you when you were talking about your broadcasting thing because that's how I like entered this. Um, I used to mute the TV whenever I was playing NCAA football, and I would do play by play for that. So when you got your uh, uh, first opportunity to do those play by play things, I mean, what was your preparation like in high school? Um, I, I say this a lot to people that talk about doing broadcasting in high school because you have the benefit of actually being in class with some of the players, right? Right, and the crazy thing was I actually, freshman and sophomore year, I, I kind of played. I played basketball, I played golf, I uh, played a little soccer, so I was into sports. And then I just decided I, I, I kind of wanted to step away and do the announcing side of it. But back in the day, it was kind of like we were recording on a VHS tape, and it would just record my voice over the highlights. So I have a bunch of VHS tapes in my garage of my old high school broadcast which is kind of funny yeah it's kind of your first tape they always say they like keep your keep it on like your tapes and stuff i never figured out how to download it off the stupid like radio website i don't even know the back end of that but that's pretty cool man um so yeah when you were going into college i mean when you were thinking about doing this broadcasting thing um what was that search like for you uh did you follow through with any of the broadcasting stuff once you got to college yeah, so, I mean, I was looking for a school that kind of had their own radio station on campus. That was, And, you know, I was so into golf, so I wanted that school to have a golf course on campus as well because I like to play, you know, my free time and stuff. But uh, so Campbell, a little small school in, in North Carolina, just fit the 
fit the bill for me. It was just far enough away from home and had a great communications department. And, and seeing that when I arrived there, it just fit everything that I was looking for. And, uh, how did you get involved in sports information? I mean, was it by accident, uh, on purpose, anything like that? Well, my, my freshman year at Campbell, I kind of went into the sports information office and the, the same guy that is there when I was there, a freshman is still there now. His name's Stan Cole. And he's just like a legend in the SID business. And he gave me an opportunity to meet with the broadcasters. And I ended up getting an opportunity to, to do some announcing my freshman year of college, doing men's and women's basketball, just kind of getting getting to do some games on air, which was a really cool experience. Uh, when did you take over doing Sports Info stuff, or did you just solely stick with the broadcasting thing? So around, I think, my junior year, I started getting into the the writing part of it and getting acclimated with like sport, the sports editor at the at the Campbell Times, which is the newspaper for student, the student newspaper at Campbell. And then, you know, once you cover stories for part of the newspaper, you start to work with all the SIDs at, at the university and start to get to know them. So that was kind of my first real taste of like what an SID does. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So um, what was that transition like for you personally? Because I'm sure you live your whole life thinking you're going to go into broadcasting and then you start falling in love with something else. I was the same way. When I was in high school, I wanted to be a cross-country and track coach, and then all of a sudden I get hurt. And, yeah, I know, me. And then um, uh, I get hurt, and I, and I get this job at the sports diploma office, and I'm like, man, I mentally and almost damn near physically prepped for this my entire life, and now it's just changed. Yeah, and I think it was something that I thought, hey, maybe I could do both. Maybe I could work at schools doing SID stuff and do a little bit of broadcasting on the side. Um, you know, it wasn't until I continued doing broadcasting after college that I realized that, you know, maybe it was the writing and the covering of the sports that really attracted me to the SID field. So you talk about doing the broadcasting stuff after college. I mean, what was life like at that time for you um, doing these, these gigs? I mean, spare no detail for us. Sure. Uh, so... After I graduated from Campbell, I, I got a job at a summer wood bat, like collegiate league mm-hmm. in, Fayette, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It was called the Fayetteville Swamp Dogs. So basically it was like a baseball league that would have collegiate players come and sort of still play in the summer for a couple of months yeah. to keep, you know, keep playing well or you know, that type of thing. But so for that, I was a media relations intern. But with that, I was able to do broadcasting the home games and some road games. So it was kind of like I was doing both at that. And they were kind of giving me multiple hats to wear, you could say. Yeah, I mean, did you keep going with that? I mean, what was next for you? So, I mean, after that, after that Fayetteville Swamp Dogs experience, I got this email from a guy at Western Carolina, and he was like, I have an opportunity for an internship. I used to be a broadcaster in that league. 
you know, it's 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 a media relations spot. You get to work with a bunch of sports. So I, I had that opportunity and and then went to Western Carolina and worked there for a year in the SID field. And just kind of that was where I got to get all the hands on experience with all the stat crew programs and things like that and really started to find my love for the SID profession. Was there anything that they had you do that you weren't expecting to do or was there anything that you found challenging during that year? Yeah, uh, you know, the that was my first time actually doing all the stat crew programs and they kind of threw me into the fire where I was doing, you know, the, the typing for football and then I was doing typing for baseball games and basketball and they were just having me learn the different stat group that football year there while being an SID for other yeah still uh, there? yeah I'm still there we just got cut yeah. out there for a second <clears throat> oh <clears throat> no we're good um okay so following that, I mean, you, now you found that this this whole different profession, this whole different industry exists for you. Um, where we're, we're, I can, I guess, kind of the same phrasing a question there a little bit. Uh, life at that time, I mean, uh, what kind of opportunities were there for you? I mean, were you wanting to move back to the Philly area? I mean, what was going through your head? Right, uh, I kind of, I liked being in the South. Uh, it's just something about the weather and I guess the people were always so friendly, but, um, I kind of wasn't sure what I was going to do next, whether I was going to look for full-time positions or maybe look for more schooling. And then at Western Carolina, the head guy, Daniel Hooker told me, you know, if I could go back and do this again, I would, I'd go get my master's degree because that was something that he couldn't, he didn't end up getting a master's degree. So, I started applying for graduate assistantships around the country and ended up getting getting one at Georgia State and started there in, in 2009. Again, kind of same, same question here for you. Uh, any adjustment from being an intern versus being a grad assistant? I mean, we've all kind of been there. Um, but for you, it seems like there are people that have different experiences with that. I mean, it's, but me, I went straight from student assistant to graduate assistant. I mean, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I had been out of school for two years, so I was, it was interesting to go and take the, the GRE and having to pass that and then all of a sudden balancing schooling and, and you know, your SID work. But mm-hmm. fortunately, fortunately at Georgia State, uh, as a GA, you're, you only have two sports. So basically I had the tennis programs and, men's soccer while helping with football and basketball but mainly they gave you a lot of leeway to get your schooling done and i i kind of thought that you know when you get your master's degree all the classes were about sports so it was a lot easier than your undergraduate degree (laughs) yeah i mean i can't because my i can say this now my fiance um she uh (laughs) She um, is studying for the GRE, and we've been out of school for a little bit, too. And I can't even imagine going back now. I mean, that's that's kind of like a whole new bizarre world. Um, so, I get, like like you said, the balance and the struggle. I mean, we have a lot of different uh, 
people listening to the show right now who might be student interns, who might be grad assistants now, I mean, what was that balance like for you? What were some tips you have for them if they might be struggling here in the, I guess, what are we, spring semester now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would just say, I'd say probably the best thing to do is, is kind of a balancing act between the two where you want to make sure you get your schooling done, but you know, you're also treating it like it's a full-time job that that GA position was like a full-time assistant. You were working football home games and, and basketball games and, and just, you know, there's a, there's a way to get both of it done basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you kind of bounced around there for a little bit. Uh, you were at Georgia state, then you went to Florida FGCU um unc greensboro i think uh, i read on your bio um what was it like for you to bounce around like that i mean you said you enjoyed the south so i mean hell live it up in the south but uh what was it like just uh moving from one basically place to another yeah so i I kind of have an interesting story and you know when i was getting my finishing my master's degree at georgia state i decided hey i'm gonna drive down to marco island and and go to this casita convention and that was the first time that I had went in, in 2011. And I brought some like portfolio stuff with me and I had made some tennis game notes and kind of bumped into the, the head guy at FGCU and handed him my, my tennis game notes to say, you know, Hey, I, I made these at Georgia state and I'd be interested in your full-time assistant position. And, you know, a couple weeks later I ended up getting a call back from him and, and got that position at FGCU and it's I think uh you know that job the job seekers at at the convention really helped me a lot like going to that driving down and going to Marco Island was just something on a whim like I was like I'm just gonna drive down and 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 see how this works for me yeah for those um who have never been to that job seekers panel myself included and I'm I, I might be in that boat actually I'm in that boat, but I don't know if I'll be there in June. Um, right. What do you expect about it? I mean, how do you even prepare for something like that? Uh, I, I think it's something you just got to kind of go in and show off your personality and, and, and be loose and not be nervous or anything like that. Just kind of be yourself and, and show off sort of your skills and what you could bring to a university. It's it's really a, a laid back and fun atmosphere. You kind of go in there and and people present with their jobs and you get to meet them face to face. And it's, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a crazy phone interview or anything like that. Like it's really laid back and, and the pressure's off. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, referring back to my last question, I mean, uh, you moved back, you bounced around, uh, what was an adjustment like for you? I mean, cause I think we talked a couple weeks ago to, to Lord, forgive me. I can't remember his name, but, um, Oh, DJ Faster. We talked about staying in one place for possibly an extended period of time. I mean, but there are periods in your life where you're like, okay, I've only got high school for four years. I've got college for four years. I've got an internship for one year. I've got my GA ship for two years. So, like, it's hard to break out of that mentality of, like, okay, I'm only here for short term or even think about long term. But what was it like bouncing around for you as far as life? I mean, what was different from place to place for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Florida Gulf Coast could have been somewhere I had been for a long time. 
Um, but again, I was there for a year, covered a bunch of championship teams. Uh, and then I, I went to another Kasai convention in St. Louis and met a guy with an opportunity at UNCG uh, named Matt McAllister. And, you know, after the convention, I got a call and got offered an assistant director position doing basketball. And at FGCU, I was doing women's soccer and softball. And I've always been around basketball. I've always been like a stat crew, like typer or caller, but never a chance to actually be the contact for a basketball program. So I think that was the the opportunity at UNCG that I was like, oh man, I have a chance to to cover a basketball here, and you know, I, I kind of jumped at it. So you've never had that opportunity before. I mean, how did you adjust to it? Uh, I'm sure you've had different like game op things, but were there any things that you weren't expecting as far as the minute details of the day to day covering basketball? No, I think it was it was fairly similar at UNCG. You know, we. Uh, we would do our own typing and then we would hire out for a, a caller and things like that. And it was very similar stuff that I was doing when I was a secondary contact, but it was more hands-on one-on-one experience with a, with a head coach, which was great. They get that experience working with basketball head coaches, which was big for my experience. Yeah. Talk about getting to North Texas uh, again. Same phrasing a question for you. I mean, we're, as we're going along your, your journey here. Right. So it had been year three at UNCG, and I was covering women's basketball, and my boss, Matt McAllister, was covering men's. And, and kind of in my mind, UNCG doesn't have football, so the biggest sport is men's basketball. And that was something I kind of, again, was not really looking, but seeing if there was an opportunity for – to be a men's basketball contact and North Texas had that opportunity and I ended up interviewing for the job at another Casada convention and lucky enough to be offered the position and kind of moving uh, my family and to North Texas and I had just been recently married so that was interesting to kind of move to a new state and somewhere where I hadn't been and but you know in north texas i was doing men's basketball and track and field so it was definitely a new opportunity to primarily cover men's basketball at a pretty high major type school Mm -hmm. uh you keep mentioning all these conventions you've been to i mean what have they meant (laughs) to you other than uh other than getting a new job i mean (laughs) what what have they meant to you personally yeah, from 2011 to 2016, I had been to six straight conventions, and it's a lot of it is about, is about networking and seeing some of your friends in the business and and just kind of seeing the new trends and, and things like that. But I I really enjoy going to the conventions. It, you learn a lot, and it's just something that I would recommend to anybody that's starting out in the business or or even veterans in the business that have never been. I I think it adds a lot. Uh, networking wise and I I plan to go to the the one in Vegas this summer so awesome well there are people yeah. listening who will uh who have never been as you said and again what do you do to prepare I mean I'll, I'll can I can give what I what I think and you can uh tell them what you think about it right now sure I, I think it's something that in that 
not be afraid to talk to people either that was one thing that like i was like in orlando my first one i forget what year that is because i'm not doing the math all that but um i was like alone for the first day or two i was just going by myself you know chilling in the hotel room whatever and then i think it like it was at like like the exhibition hall or something like that. I just started talking to this group of people. And now like they're some of my greatest friends in, in, in the business and in my personal life too. I mean, that's, um, right. Uh, you really ne- never know who you're going to meet. Right. It's, so it's kind of like one of those things. Yeah. It's, it's really weird how that can happen too. That's why I like this industry so much is because everybody is here to help everyone, you know? It's not like they're trying to get one position. They're not trying to one-up you to an extent. They're not trying to, like, get the better of you or use you in, in some way. Everybody is if, – if you tell somebody this is your first convention, somebody's going to take you under their wing. Like, there's, there's – Right, exactly right. Yeah, it's going to be – you're going to be okay, and, and you can relax the nerves a little bit. The other thing I would say, um, you don't have to attend everything. I did that my first year. I don't know if you did that, but like I was exhausted after those days. Right. So yeah, I think seeing the schedule ahead of time, which that'll be out in the next coming months, um, printing it out, highlighting what you want to go to. That's definitely it. If you got some free time and you want to stop into one, one or two extra, that's fine. Just make sure you're not dead by 3 PM. That's what yeah, I have to say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you talk about, and this is something that's applicable to some people, I keep seeing pictures of people getting engaged, um, including myself, um, yeah. moving your family to someplace different, someplace brand new. What was the discussion life like with your, with your wife? I mean, um, how do you guys talk these opportunities through with each other? Yeah, um, you know, the first one I met, I met my wife at Florida Golf Coast, and we had been dating maybe three or four months and I, I call her and I'm like, Hey, you want to move to North Carolina? We're going to, uh, I have an opportunity to, to work at UNCG and, and, you know, great on her that she wanted to do that and, and leave and, and move there. And then, you know, her mom and dad end up moving from Pennsylvania to North Carolina to kind of be closer to us. Mm. And then three years later, I, I tell her, Hey, I have an opportunity in Texas and I have to tell her dad, like, hey, I'm moving your daughter out to Texas. So, you know, it's interesting. We have those conversations. Like, I think she understands how much passion I have for this business. And, and this is what I want to do for, you know, a long time. And I think we kind of talk it through, like, what the location is and what can be around us and, you know, what opportunities could be for her. And then, we kind of go from there and, and see how it fits financially. And then, and then we make the decision together. And how did Richmond fit in with all that? 
So, um, you know, the opportunity for Richmond after three years at North Texas, um, you know, my former boss at UNCG, Matt McAllister, he ended up getting a the head job at Richmond. And uh, he had an opportunity in the summer, uh, now, what, two years ago, this is my second year, and he said, hey, I have this full-time position with women's basketball, women's soccer, and, and tennis programs. Uh, do you think you want to come down to Richmond and interview and, and see if you like the area, see if you like the school? And I went down went down there and took a visit around the facilities and interviewed with some coaches and people. And it's just a, it's, it's an interesting place. It's, it's really, really cool facilities. Uh, really, really great student athletes. It's kind of like an academic school. So, um, yeah, it's been a great fit. Is it still considered the South for you? Yeah, that's an interesting interesting spot because it's kind of like in the center you know virginia mm-hmm. it's not even a, a a state that we were once thinking like me and my wife were like oh virginia i don't know is that too far north but it's kind of so centralized for us where you know her mom and dad still live in greensboro and can come up and visit us and then you know my dad's in tampa and we're still not far from uh from philly her brother lives near philly so we're kind of in a central location where everybody can kind of visit us and it's kind of worked out really really well yeah yeah i'd say so so what's been different i mean what what are some things you've taken away from your last couple stops even at fgcu uncg north texas and then now at richmond yeah so uh i've been through a couple things at north texas where i had to go through a new coaching staff with men's basketball and that whole process of seeing you know who the athletic director was going to hire and the, and the social media plan surrounding that and, you know, getting to know the new coach and, and his style and then going through all of his different things that he wanted for his program. And so I think that was really, really great experience. And then, you know, my final ended up being my final year there in North Texas. We, we got an invitation to the CBI and we made a huge run and ended up winning the CBI championship. So that was really cool to go through that and host some home games at the end of that. Um, so kind of that experience of going through new coaches uh, helped me out, you know, when I got the job at Richmond, because my first year at Richmond, we went through a new coaching staff at the women's basketball side. And so this past year I've gone through, you know, a new coach and a new style and, and everything that he wants for his program. So that, so having gone through that in North Texas really helped me a lot. Yeah. Uh, what was it like covering the CBI? I mean, like you said, you had a big run. Um, how did you prepare for that within your department? I mean, even like some social media stuff. I mean, um, what were some things that you uh, look forward to or maybe even had planned for that? Yeah, honestly, it's an interesting story. We uh, It was the coach, Grant McCaslin, had an interview at a news station in Dallas after the season, we kind of thought our season was over. We did a little interview on TV, just kind of talking about March Madness and things like that. And on the car ride home, he gets a call for an invitation to the CBI. And he gets off the phone. He looks at me and goes, we're going to South Dakota. And I was like, South Dakota? Oh, my goodness. Like, you're going to you South know? Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to South Dakota? That's where we're going to open? And, and they were like, 
you know, they had just missed out on an NIT and they had lost in the final of their, of their conference tournament. So I was like, Oh my goodness. You know, so we had a, a Monday morning meeting and trying to decide, Hey, do we have a chance in this thing? You know, are we going to make a run? Well, you know, we end up going to South Dakota where we, we play this ridiculous game. We have all these interesting storylines. One of our guards is ambidextrous. So he, plays with his left and his right mm. well he decides to change his shooting from lefty to righty and he ends up scoring like a career high so we win and beat south dakota and you know and then all of a sudden we just make this huge run so it starts get our coverage starts getting bigger and bigger and by the end of it how it works in the cbi is when you make the championship it's a three game three game series oh, i didn't know that yeah so the first game we ended up having to go to San Francisco and then we would host the final two games. So what's crazy is the first game we lost on the road at San Francisco and then we came back and won the final two games to win the championship. But those final two games, we had our biggest crowds of the year. Uh, the last game was almost a sellout and it was just really cool to kind of have everyone in the office sort of help out and, and jump in doing Instagram stories and, and different social media type things. So that was a really cool experience. How do you, uh, as an office, maybe kind of publicize that, so a tournament like that a little bit? Maybe some Because people are, are obviously familiar with the March Madness and the NCAA main tournament with 68 teams. Some people might even be familiar with NIT, but not many people know about CBI. I mean, how do you fill seats about, like, when you're in a tournament yeah. that is not well known? Right. And I think what, what helped us is we had that first-year coach, and a lot of people were curious, like, oh, man, we have this first-year coach. We want to keep seeing how his his coaching style is, and we want to see this new team. And we just kind of took on this identity of the coach where he was doing a lot of the marketing for it and getting out and doing interviews, and he would just never say no and, and do a lot of different things to help put his program out there. And it was just something that really kind of put them on a springboard, put them on the map type of thing. Awesome. Well, uh, I would like to change this to the part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. How's that sound? Yep, sounds good. Awesome. Well, we, I mean, we just kind of recollected on some memories here for a second, but uh, first question I have for you, uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Yep. Uh, so, I mean, obviously I've been in it about 11 years now, so I've had some different memories, but the one that definitely takes the cake is at FGCU, I was there for a year, and obviously the year after was Dunk City, and everybody remembers, oh, Dunk City, you know, the men's basketball team goes on this run to the Sweet 16. Well, before that, I covered a softball team there that had won the conference championship, and we went to an NCAA regional, and we beat number six Florida at their place 2-1, to one, and it was the first win for the school in, in you know, an NCAA win. So I think that was my favorite memory covering that and running down and and doing grabbing coach and players for interviews and and what was cool was the nca.com actually took my recap of the story and put it on the front page like fgcu upsets florida basically wow that's pretty so neat. Was, yeah it was really cool and it was just like oh you know before dunk city there was actually you know this fgcu softball team that won an ncaa tournament game <laughs> Uh, what about on the other side? What's your biggest horror story? Do you have one? Uh, yeah, I mean, there there hasn't been a lot of horror stories. I mean, 
obviously some people get left and stuff. Uh, that's probably my biggest horror story is one time I was working a soccer tournament in Louisville at UNCG and we were playing Kentucky and it ran late and I was just working in the press box and all of a sudden I look up and the, the bus is leaving me, you know, and so the SID there had to take me back to the hotel, but luckily it was a tournament and we weren't going home, you know, but mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest horror story for me. <laughs> uh, in your mind, would Tracer characteristics, characteristics make a good SID? Uh, I would say passionate, genuine, uh, hardworking, um, kind of problem solving is, is mine. Okay, awesome. Um, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Uh, I would say sort of those quick hit videos, uh, working with Premiere and doing more more videos and stuff like that. Okay, cool. Um, when you have free time, I know you've got kids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. what's, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Uh, I am a big video game player. I play a lot of Xbox. I'm still playing Halo like I used to play in high school. I, I try to, that's kind of my guilty pleasure where I sit down and play a bunch of video games a lot. And I, mean, I try to play a lot of golf in the summer too when I get a chance. Those are probably the two things that I like to do in the free time. Uh, how do you describe what you do to your kids? Uh, what's funny is, Ellie, who's turning three in May, she has come to a lot of North Texas basketball games, and now she's coming to a lot of Richmond games, and, and she cheers and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of say, hey, I, I cover, I, I, I watch uh, sports for a living. That's how I describe it to her. Awesome! That'll be a hell of a take your parent to school day or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Nice introduction. Um, yeah. Next time someone's in the Richmond area, what's your uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Yeah, that's that's pretty easy for me. We have a little place right near campus called Jack Brown's. It's like a local spot for burgers and stuff. So that's probably a place I've been to a handful of times already in my two years at Richmond. <laughs> Perfect. Um, if anybody wanted to get in touch with you, what's uh, the best way to do it? Probably the best thing is is Twitter. Uh, I'm a pretty avid Twitter user. Uh, my handle is at jglove3, and then email would be jglover at richmond.edu. Awesome. Well, uh, can I call you jglove as we round this yeah. out here? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, jglove, thank you very much for coming on. We all really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, David.